Hello, beloved. We are moving into this roughly three-month phase that I've spoken about. And a few notes for you to consider as you move into it and feel into it yourself from wherever you are at this moment. And these pieces are both about this time, but also uh, very evergreen uh, as well. So there's a coalescing kind of energy, um, by which I mean that things are kind of coming closer and closer together. And the kind of the things that are coming closer and closer together are from across many timelines and lives and then either bleed through effect from other timelines and other lives and other dimensional experiences is increasing. And during this period, as that is occurring, it's almost like a a compression uh, of all of these things coming in together which is creating the opportunity for noticing where uh, the unaligned or undesired uh, or incorrect elements that may still exist within your own experience and your own um, access, if you will, to your beingness and your kind of embodied expression of your pan-dimensional nature uh, that, that they will kind of like hurt a little bit, right? Like if you, you know, um, if you're if you're putting your if you're putting your your pants on or something or putting a shoe on and there's like little grit in there or little thorns in there and they'll poke on you and call your attention to them to get them out of there because putting on those you know those leggings or whatever with that pokiness or thorniness um, you know or a little leftover burr from you know your walk that you were on yesterday um, is not comfortable and so you're getting ready to kind of put on if you will your next new you know pan-dimensional quote-unquote suit but you're not putting it on from the outside it's actually happening from the inside so that's coming in from the inside and getting bigger and bigger pushing out and that is actually creating kind of the pressure. This kind of sense of kind of compression energy is actually really coming from more of your true nature becoming bigger inside and making less room for that which is not actually your true nature, but which you have mistaken uh, or internalized or allowed to be there anyway. And so... As that's happening, we've got this period of time where we get to kind of keep working with that and choosing that and choosing to remove and working with those pieces and choosing on alignment or reviewing and noticing, oh, I love the way this feels. I did all that clearing. That's so fantastic. And I'm so loving the feeling of this kind of movement from the center of me up and out into more and more of me, of my true beingness in a way that, and I can feel the benefit and be aware of the benefit of all of that kind of clearing work that I've been doing. So these are the kinds of experiences that we're having. And for those around you who maybe haven't been doing this work so consciously, the, it'll be much more uncomfortable, I think. Um, but there also may be kind of sudden, oh, sudden like, aha, sudden choice points that, that arise um, for, for many as we kind of go along this way. And the intention of this period is to support more and more being able to, if you will, make the choice 
um, to consciously shift into some whatever the form of evolution uh, language mental models make sense for them. The conscious choice to move more into their heart, the conscious choice to move more into what really actually works for them instead of what is being dictated to them by that which is not truly them. Um, and so then I want to also talk a little bit about the concepts of fear and forgiveness for a minute in in larger context, but also specific to, to this period. So don't be afraid of fear. Uh, I know that probably sounds a little funny, right? Don't be afraid of fear. But don't be afraid of fear. There's We've gotten into this like mistaken idea that it's love versus fear. It's nothing. There's no versus with love. Love is not a polarity. There isn't an opposite to love. It's not hate. It's not fear. It's none of those things. There isn't an opposite. Love is its own like unity point, if you will, for lack of a better word. And... Fear is actually was created initially from love. Fear was created accidentally or without intention um, by the first creational beings who created things and were so happy and delighted by what they created and then realized, oh, there was a before the thing I created. There could be an after the thing could go away. Oh, no. I don't want my beautiful thing that I created to go away. And boom, voila, we had fear. That's also how time was created as well, the kind of the before and after experience. And then a a kind of a splintering occurred, a division uh, occurred, a bifurcation occurred amongst those kind of early creational beings that if the if there was an attempt to try to remove or end or destroy fear which had been woven into the fabric of creation of the all of all and some wanted to remove it that if they removed it that because it is a law of creation that that which is created cannot be uncreated it can only be kind of changed if you will or transmuted that it would be that to try to actually remove it would end all of creation and so the earliest beings and i'm using earliest in a linear sense for our sake here in human form but of course time is a sphere but the earliest beings had this some of them that had this belief that ending fear would end the all of all, would end everything that had been created, they sort of swung into this idea of defending fear because as a kind of like, you know, as a de facto, they had to in order to defend creation. So it sort of started this idea of a kind of a holy battle or a sacred battle. And you can see these little tiny sort of partial fractals of this idea of a kind of a holy battle for creation in so many of the different kind of mythologies and spiritual traditions in the human worlds, but across many worlds, these, these show up. And so... Don't be afraid of fear. Understand fear for what it is. And when you have the experience of fear yourself, if you come into either observing fear or in another or in yourself and you come into it from a place of judgment, from a place of either one up or one down where you're like, oh, well, I'm better than you. I don't have that fear or I don't let fear dictate me. And aren't I the coolest little spiritual being you ever met in your life? And don't you wish you were as cool as me? Like you're not helping yourself with that level of non-neutrality, that kind of one up 
position is actually bumping you away from the access to the higher dimensional experience that you want. Um, and the same with the more kind of obvious to people one down where you're in that like, oh, no, fear is ruining the world. Oh, no, fear is ruining everybody. Or, oh, no, I'm in fear of blah, blah, and it's going to blah, blah to me, you know. So these ways in which we are, are we have to do so much work. It's really not an easy thing to develop the skill, the capacity to come into and experience that neutrality of just sort of where fear is just a thing. It's like just a kind of a data point, really. And it's a data point that can show you where there may be something that is loved that wants to be kept or held or noticed. Work with that however you see fit. Um, but it's, I, I hope that this is helpful to you around um, essentially not being afraid of fear. And sort of related to this is, this is the idea of forgiveness, which is an incredibly complex, I feel, multi-layered thing. And as we remember the idea of, you know, that I talk about all the time, of the different dimensions being like different stories in a tall building, and the view from the different stories of the same landscape shows you different things and allows you to notice and have a different experience of that view depending on what what floor you're on this is really what i feel is the most useful way to talk about the dimensions and so when you're sort of having an experience from you know the third floor the third dimension the fifth floor the fifth dimension the seventh and you know the the 12th whatever you're having a different experience so we are increasingly actually becoming able to have simultaneously the experience from multiple floors from multiple dimensions which is where we're going is to be able to actually have simultaneous access from all of the dimensions but it's of course can be very confusing as more of the dimensions come online where we're like woo what's that and you were kind of like flickering in and out from you know this viewpoint to that viewpoint and which one is quote-unquote true and it, you know and it doesn't matter they're all true it's just about perspective um, and so on which floor you're at, which level you're experiencing, whatever the occurrence that uh, or circumstance that is making you think about the idea of I want to either be in forgiveness or be forgiven around this thing that has occurred. There's a lot of work that can be done that can be very helpful and healing for people around coming into the idea of forgiveness. And certainly forgiveness is never about the other party, if you will. I feel forgiveness is always an internal thing. If we're forgiving others or forgiving ourselves, it's about that. Um, it doesn't really have anything to do with the other person. Um, you know, that's about absolution and that's a whole different ballgame and we're not here to talk about that. But forgiveness at a higher level, isn't relevant because there's nothing to forgive because there's nothing that's wrong. So at a very kind of high story, it's just everything is moving through its journey, moving through its cycles, moving through its, its, its experience as the you know, embodied expression of the deep sacred current of life force, and there's just nothing wrong with any of it. And, of course, that can sound really awful 
from some of the lower stories where it's like, what do you mean there's nothing wrong with it? Like these terrible, horrible things are happening and it's completely unforgivable and unacceptable. Yes, that's true. And it's also true that there's a viewpoint from which it's just not relevant. There's just nothing to forgive. It's just about I see and witness and observe that, you know, this is what's happening. Um, and this is how, you know, life force is expressing itself at this time and many levels in between. So for some, that's going to just be like completely off putting and not make sense. And that's totally fine. And just ignore, ignore this. if you, That may, is true. And for some of you, it's going to be like, hmm, that's opening something for me that is useful. And I want to pull on that strand for myself a bit and play with it and, you know, hope that you enjoy that. Um, and see if it helps you kind of have more sense of, oh, when I'm in that mode in my mind, and again, of course, human mind is very limited, but when I'm in that mode in my mind where I can access that experience, that is one of the very higher dimensions, if you will, that you're bringing in through your embodied experience, the higher floors, some of the highest ones. Because a lot of the, you know, experience of quote unquote spiritual battles or energy battles or, you know, the various different narratives that people have about what's been happening through the different kind of ages of humanity and the different kind of ages of things experiencing on earth. A lot of those different stories are true from certain dimensional perspectives, from certain stories right like fourth fifth sixth maybe even seventh right but then at a higher level it's like no none of that is none of that is really relevant so it doesn't mean that it's not true it's just no longer relevant wherever you're choosing to experience and we're moving into the capacity to have all of pan-dimensional access that is one of the kind of endpoints, if you will, of the evolution of humanity into homo lumens, which, again, just reminding people that's that cosmic self, original self, and human self, that trinity coming into integrated full union within your human biology. So these, this three-month period has very, very powerful evolutionary energies, um, this is not like your regular, oh, we're going into fall, like here we are, it's the fall season or spring if you're in the southern hemisphere, and here's what those things usually look like. Like that's all, of course, true, but that's like lightly, that's like the lace on top of some pretty hardcore stuff that's going on that's creating this kind of quote-unquote sort of review or kind of, you know, look-through period. And again, it just sort of feels like this, this compression or this, yeah, compression is what it really feels like. Everything's kind of coming in tighter and tighter together. But as a function of your true self getting bigger and bigger within the container of you, therefore making less and less room. So the pressure is from the inside out. The coalescing, it's not really coalescing, but the kind of the growth and the expansion is from the inside out. And it's pushing out and therefore making apparent through the kind of pressure on the outer layer as it's sort of like that pokiness is occurring 
like a balloon blowing up inside a balloon, you know? And it's just sort of like, oh, wait a minute, there's no more room for that. And these little specks of dust and grit get pushed up against the outer balloon that the inner balloon is kind of blowing up against. And so it's a really beautiful opportunity to be aware of any of those and remove them um, or to just simply enjoy like what a great job you've been doing cleaning it out and how fun is that, right? Um, to just be in that awareness because in the human, we our, our neurobiology, we're not getting rid of our neurobiology and our neurobiology requires us to be able to bring into our awake awareness, our conscious awake awareness, whatever the experiences are that we want to kind of anchor and then, you know, evolve from or, or integrate into our circumstances or our quality of life experience. So all of this um, hopefully is making sense to you and is useful to you. And I think you will find that for most, we will also have an enormous um, degree of attention to the physical body during this time period. A really strong kind of like, all right, how am I attending to the next level of my support, devotion, relationship with my body, my physical body, and my many layers of consciousness in my body, can they, uh, how am I supporting an increased degree of trust between them and me as kind of the captain of, you know, the starship me, which is this body and also the larger piece, of course, but, um, so that's a really important thing, I think, that will come up for many, many people. Um, and the body as home is going to be a really big topic, I think, for many people. And the kinds of fights that we have within ourselves around that. I don't want this body to be my home. This body isn't my home. I reject this body. No. Eh. Or, yes, I love this body and I accept it as my home at this time in this particular iteration of myself. And I'm, like, here for it even when I'm not enjoying that experience. Because that experience might be painful for some reason or uncomfortable for some reason or for many reasons. Um, And so what am I then sort of doing with that and doing about that and how am I working with it and accessing different resources to support myself around that? Um, Kind of the topic of home will be very prevalent. And so I do think that the physicality of home is a really big topic of these three months. And so I think the body is going to be the primary piece there, but it may also just be about actually home, right? Like your physical home environment. There may be very simple things of like, oh, I want to do some cleaning and clearing of stuff. I want to do some reorganizing or some redecorating or I'm out of here and I'm moving to a new spot or, you know, whatever. But just coming into look, watch out for perfection, the idea of perfection or not good enough, whether it's about the body or the physical home, wherever there's an issue around perfectionism and home, that's going to be a really fertile ground uh, to work with during this phase, I feel, particularly the beginning of the phase. So I hope that that's helpful. And um, there's so many... There's just, I, it's very, it's been very interesting for me in the last few days to try and have words for any of these things at the same time as, um, I have been in a planned, uh, kind of three days of being very in sort of 3D interaction with, 
um, humans that I love, 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 love. But it's been a while since I've been in so immersed into that kind of interaction. It's been very fascinating to observe, um, you know, what, how that works for me now because I'm very cloistered by design. I've worked very hard to create a life design that has me super cloistered from society and from the 3D world, and that's been necessary for me, and it may be necessary for you. There may be more of that that you need, Um, and that may be part of this kind of review period is bringing up, like, "Mm, I need more of that cloistering. Um, and I want to really point out that the language that we use, uh, uh, you know, whether we're conscious of it or not around this is very important. Um, I talk about cloistering versus hiding out, hiding out has a very different energy or even being a hermit, like all of these energies that have this idea of like, I'm running away. I'm not like that. There's an energy that is somehow like, uh, that is somehow polarized for me. Cloistering is just very like. There's a sacredness to it and there's a kind of an inner, uh, it's about a kind of an inner devotion that isn't about judging the outer. It's just about saying the conditions that are required for this inner work are this kind of cloistering, right? And it's just sort of the facts as opposed to a judgment piece. And so I, so, you know, where is that useful to you at this time? Where are you too cloistered? If that's such a thing, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, you know, where are you, where are you not enough cloistered and how are you working with your life design? And if you're in overwhelm a lot and you're in struggle a lot, then this is going to be like, this is sort of shit or get off the pot time around committing to changing your life design. Uh, and so there are many resources in the world for you around that if you don't know where to start. Um, I encourage you to, you know, one step at a time, focus and figure that out. Um, and if you're a highly gifted human and you're trying to figure that out, um, we have some resources at Off the Map with Melanie, of course, and those are available uh, through my site, MelanieGillespie.com. So <clears throat> I love you. I thank you for your light in the world and um, keep on flowing, baby. Keep on shining. Keep on being that light and more and more of the access to an experience of your true nature. I love it. I'm, I'm just here for it. I'm so excited for you. Mwah. Bye.